Hello there, and welcome to the Poly Podcast. My name is Torkel Tenberg, and the written versions of these episodes can be found over in the blog at polyverse.com. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming back and tuning into another random episode of Poly Podcast. Today, we're back on that creative uh, grind set, and I'm putting out uh, for your perusal a kind of a long-form poem slash short story hybrid that was published with uh, Spamzine a year ago now. Wow, only a year ago. Okay, yeah, 2020. Slightly over a year ago, but just only a year ago. Sorry, it feels weird saying that. It feels like it was a lot longer ago than that, but I guess time... And I thought time had been going fast, but I guess it's been going slow in a way as well. Everything's all out of balance in the world, that's for sure. So, this uh, poem short story is called Where Have All the Good Vapewave Artists Gone? And I'll put a reading of it in the episode at the end because I actually did a reading of it already on another podcast which I'm going to mention soon but let's start off so in May 2020 Spamzine released their very last printed issue as you may know from the podcast that Spam is one of my favorite publishers one of my favorite zines they're based out of Glasgow I believe came across them while I was living in the UK. And so they put together their final printed uh, spam zine, as it's called, issue. They continue them online, uh, but not in a printed form. They strictly do uh, different things printed now, like uh, singular, you know, poets, uh, body of work, uh, as an issue, as you may remember from one of the previous blog posts, I talked about uh, applying for that. Sorry, I'm shuffling things around. I haven't sat at this computer for a while. So they do a bit of that. They do some anthology series as well, a bunch of different things. But so somehow I became lucky enough to have my very long and strange poem featured among the extremely exclusive pages of spam Number 10, Millennium Megabus is the name of the issue. Uh, if you don't know, Megabus is a mode of transport. I think, I don't know if it's specifically England or if it's all over UK, but it's uh, like the cheap bus option if you're traveling uh, you know, from city to city. You can get them for very cheap and they run very early in the morning usually or late at night, strange hours of the day. But yeah, I highly recommend buying the Zion and having a read through uh, if it's still available. Um, if you're a lover of post-internet poetry or if you have a bit of an interest in the sound of that kind of a thing. Uh, if if you like the sort of stuff that I write, then I'm sure you'll like the sort of stuff that Spam puts out there because, I mean, they were a huge part of uh, my development as a as a poet. You know, I've got a bunch of their zines and issues. Oh my god, 
I'm going to be back in a sec. I might have to edit this. I'm going to go grab the issue, actually. I don't know why I don't have it with me. One sec. Ah. One moment. Yes, so here it is. Oh, the screen is flipped, isn't it? <laughs> Spam's Megabus issue. The physical copy. If you live near me, I may let you borrow it. But this is my only copy. So I'm not sending it out to anyone. I'm, I'm very fond of this. And... Um, I believe this even has, this has a few people that I know in it. It has Luke Thorogood, the old Polyverse boy himself. And it has my friend, let me see if I can see him among the pages. Yes, Matthew Carberry as well. Great poet who I've uh, spoken with a few times. Yes, and it's got the the boy Dan Power. It's got a bunch of amazing people in here. DJ underscore Rip the Four. I don't know who that is. Cat Sinclair. That name's familiar. Maria Rose uh, Sledmia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bunch of very good people. Look at that. That's a cool little inside cover. You can't read any of those names anyway. As proof that I was in this. Oh no, I lost the page now. <laughs> but I believe I have Luke's here oh no here it is this is Luke's edition Hyperstack I don't know if he's written more of these but these were one of my favorite things Hyperstack it's incredible it's like uh, film scripts that can't possibly exist because they're so elaborate. I love it. And I'm in here somewhere. I'm gonna have a quick look. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> there it is. Blasted on the pages, my little name. Yeah, so I'm super happy with that. Super proud of that. Spam's one of my favorite places, like I said. Ah, so anyway, I had to bring that in. But yeah, you should definitely check it out if it's still available. Uh, you get yourself a copy. Otherwise, I do believe that they sell um, PDFs, uh, downloadable copies on their website as well. I'll leave a link for that, of course, in the description of wherever you're listening to this. So you can... See for yourself if you're interested. So yeah, like I said, the Spam Zion and Spam Press as a whole, they're still around. And they're, they've been up to a lot lately. They've been expanding their reach a little bit, doing all sorts of things. Yeah, like I said, they've been releasing new collections of poetry online as well as part of the Spam series. You know, not... I don't know if they call it Spam Zion still, 
They might do. I think it's yeah, but it's it's online and it's still got the same sort of flair that this has, you know, chaotic cool things. Here we go. Here's the back page. Very aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, I love this sort of stuff. I'm going to take a little flip through some of these pages so you can see. There's a random one that's sideways. I like that. That's very Mark C. Danielowski inspired, obviously. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, is a art spread. Some sort of, um, oh my God. Yeah, some Photoshop going on there. We love that. So yeah, you should definitely check out their website as well. See what else, if anything, piques your interest. But so my piece in there is called Where Have All of the, in brackets, Good Vapewave Artists Gone? Where Have All the Good Vapewave Artists Gone? It's a long title, actually. A very long title. And what it is, is a transcendental dive into the world of public transport seat art. If you, if you can conjure up that image in your head, you know, the, the fabric on the cushions of the bus or the train, those weird patterns and colors uh, that they often, often have splayed across them. <laughs> so yeah, this is, just to preface this, this is another episode of sort of like a half deep dive into what uh, came behind the the idea of something that I wrote. What's the meaning behind the story and how to come up with it and things like that. <clears throat> so that's what this episode's about. I like doing these kinds of episodes. Also because it gets lets me put out a bunch of things, uh, put them out on the internet even more, like things that I've written that already exist. I can promote them in this little way, shamelessly. Or ones that don't exist anyway, I can breathe them out into the world for the first time. So, let's continue. Uh, this public transport seat art, it's uh, an area of aesthetics that's kind of fascinated me since I was uh, taking the bus to school as a kid. For, for a little while, I did that there. And... Um, I don't really know why it fascinated me. I guess I've always been sort of an observant and introverted person. So I would notice little things like that and then focus on it and, you know, get those ocular illusions by staring at something for too long and then just imagine a story behind it. It's, I think that's sort of where the fascination came from. And then you just start thinking, where the hell, who the hell came up with these? Why do they exist? You know, what, why didn't they just have plane seats or why... You know, it's some better looking seats. Why is it so strange? So, um, yeah, and pre-COVID, when uh, traveling was more of a thing, um, when I was also when I was living in uh, cl closer to places to travel to, when I was living in the UK, I didn't uh, drive or anything. I took the train most days. Um, so I'd had, I had a lot of time looking at public transport over the years 
So I've had a lot of time to think about this. I actually discussed this with one of my friends, I think, before I wrote this. And they were on the similar page to me. They were saying, yeah, yeah, I've thought about this as well. So it's not just me. I'm not alone. Okay? There's other people out there that think about public transport, CDOT. And yeah, I'd kind of get a little bit excited, like a small little jolt of joy every time I boarded a new bus or train or ferry, ferries in Perth that I've been on, uh, because I knew that I was going to see a strange new tacky seat pattern. Was it going to be purple? It's going to be bright yellow? Just the entire rainbow in a checkered pattern? You know, it could be anything. <laughs> and um, I've actually been thinking about and uh, even brainstorming creative project ideas around public transport, CDART, well before the opportunity to enter a submission to Spamzine's public transport themed Millennium Megabus issue presented itself. So I've been thinking about it for a long time and then I didn't really know what to do. I was thinking maybe make a little pamphlet and have examples of CDART or something. But then Spam presented itself with this beautiful opportunity, you know, with their themed issue of of uh, public transport through the Millennium Megabus. I thought, wow, it's time to write this this sucker of a story. So yeah, in in hidden away computer files, I I had a catalog actually of links to obscure seat documenting travel blogs and discussion articles, as well as a vast array of seat pattern photography from around the world. They're both taken by myself and others. I even found some some, uh, websites that advertised and sold their apparently modern (laughs) versions of public transport textiles in varying forms. And as you can imagine, though, anything from very classic to absolutely insane styles you know imagine trying to push the boundaries of public transport cdart there's going to be some weird things that come out of that i recommend googling googling around public transport cdart and finding some of these places i would link them but i don't know those those files are hidden somewhere deep somewhere very very deep in the google drive and uh, yeah, there, there's not. A, while I do say there are people who think about public transport CDOT, there's not a lot. So go find it for yourself. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know who first decided to go with the hyper colorful, urban, modern, tacky, yet somehow 80s style designs of what we know today as our everyday, ordinary public transport seat covers. But it, it gripped me as a quirk of metropolitan life, or maybe even a glitch in the matrix of our mundane world. And as you all know, if you've been keeping up to date with the blog posts or the the, um, podcasts, as a Vaporwave fan and a guy who loves the aesthetic irony of colorful socks and Crocs, I knew that I had to be the one to draw this perfect marriage peace between spam's unique take on language and public transport's spectacular samplings of everyday art 
So that was my goal with writing this piece. And that's how the idea and the title of the poem came about. In short, I'd been noticing a consistent trend in modern vaporwave art. Essentially, a lot of it fell into its own genre trap that had been created by the people themselves, the lovers of vaporwave. It was recreations of older aesthetics, you know, mainly Macintosh Plus and Blank Banshee inspired, splashed with a lot more pink and modern 3D stylings and renderings. And um, the I get what I'm talking about here is uh, I'm a member of different, you know, Facebook groups and uh, subreddits and things like that of vaporwave art. So I keep a little bit up to date on it. And that's what I'm referring to, uh, what people are coming out with uh, nowadays. And um, I started to think what happened what had happened to those old album covers that look like postcards or magazine cutout collage collages of pop culture gore? Pop culture gore. Sorry, I'm reading this off of my blog post. That's a weird word. So yeah, like uh, obviously it's it's you know the the mass. The bulk amount of anything, the average mean is going to generally be pretty repetitive and boring, I guess. So it it goes for vaporwave as well. There's obviously a lot of very interesting vaporwave coming out all the time and a lot of really interesting art for sure around vaporwave. But the bulk of it on all these like fan forums and stuff like that is just heavily repetitive and inspired by older things that were groundbreaking originally. So this basically led to my imagining of these older and subjectively good vaporwave artists to have been recruited into the public transport sector as designers for seat covers. So, you know, the OG best of the best in the vaporwave art game quit their day jobs that didn't pay and became <laughs> public servants so thus they are committing them this was the theory right thus they are committing themselves completely to their criticisms and nostalgia for capitalism because that's a big part of vaporwave giving back to the everyday participating societal folks through new art without adding to the capitalist monolith directly. So these imagined actions I thought of as a completely selfless growth of the artists individually. They have finally given back to society with colorful everyday amusement for all to enjoy on their way to work and school instead of the vaporwave music for the depressed and nostalgic daydreamers online. So that was my theory around it. <laughs> you know, even though it's ridiculous, and I mean, part of coming up with these things is fiction as well. Like, I'm very interested in conspiracy theories 
as a whole, not because I believe in them, but because I love the imagination that goes into them. So there's a little, another a snippet look into the, into the lens. So like I was a I was a big member on flat Earth thought forums when that was popular, in uh in in the mainstream. Uh, because I loved all the videos and stuff that they made up about an Arctic wall and uh, you know men in black guarding the edge of the Earth and how the Earth spins around in a disc and that creates gravity or there is no gravity and or you know it's so inventive even though I don't believe in any of these things you do have to invent weird conspiracies and things in order to create fictional worlds for sure. So I like it as a process of um, of creativity. It's imagining things. So yeah, nothing serious by it. Don't don't worry about me yet. <laughs> so, with all that being said, uh, it is almost time to present you with the reading of the poem that I did back in June 2020 on an episode of Spam's very own podcast, which is called URL Sonata. And this was on episode number four about the Millennium Megabus uh, Spam issue number 10. So I'll leave a link for that too if you want to check it out. There's a lot of really good readers on there. And I really, I really respect Spam for creating a podcast for poetry and discussions and um, listening to it definitely helped inspire me to come up with a concrete concept for my own podcast too. Because uh, I, I was thinking, you know, I started this podcast years ago, but and I'd done different podcasts over the years, but it never was really a concrete idea. I was just talking about something random. One of them was conspiracy theories. One of them was you know, an anime that me and my friend are obsessed with, you know, all sorts of things. But listening to Spam's podcast, it definitely helped me come up with concrete ideas and to realize that you can basically have an open mic session uh, online in in a podcast form. Open mic meaning like, you know, stand up, not stand up, like slam poetry kind of nights, as you might know them as. You know, every city has uh, open mic poetry usually. And uh, I miss that. I'm sure a lot of people miss that, especially with lockdowns and things. And I hope that it, this can turn into that in the future. This podcast can. Hopefully it can have interviews and have people reading out their work and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, they got a lot of good people on their podcast, so you should definitely give it a listen. And uh, ignore my the, my bio introduction because I thought it would be good to do a funny one because, you know, I, I thought that sort of spam's vibe is this, this semi-serious. It's like, uh, you know, people who genuinely love poetry and things like that, but having fun with it. So I had fun with the bio, but no one else went for that aesthetic. So, yeah, I seemed pretty ridiculous. But I, I don't mind. It was still good. So anyway, I'm going to leave you with the recording now that I'm going to edit in of my reading of Where Have All the Good Vapewave Artists Gone? So this is me signing out. 
And uh, thank you for listening for today. And I hope to see you again in the next one. Ta-da. Fellow readers, humble surveyors of art and culture, I am addressing you now. For today, I wish to present to you a theory. If you are uneducated on what a vaporwave is as a culture, a deceased social movement, then I suggest that you return to this discussion at a later date. Helipads, beach houses, champagne and blue skies, white clothes on white faces with black sunglasses and pretty smiles. Heavily edited photo of water with light reflections through it. As I begin to write this deeply opinionated and fictional discussion piece, I have surrounded myself in an aura of consciousness. Random vaporwave artists play through my Bluetooth speakers. My PC hums a soft static as the RGB lights pulsate from the keyboard, resting atop a pink palm tree decorated tabletop. The essential viewing of a pro table tennis match has already taken place and I am now all the more prepared to shine a much-needed and metaphorical light on the ever-evolving community that is perhaps quite largely responsible for my lack of interest in the physical world. So desperate that you have to hit the vape at every stop. Image of a man on a train standing at the carriage doors, vape in hand. Now... For the elephant in the room, Vaporwave. Unquestionably the modern embodiment of the great 1970s punk music movement, with influences from all relevant aspects of our present day society as we know it. Consumerism, false news, technology, marketing, media, aesthetic beauty, nature, city living, self-help, the internet and its infinite subcultures, etc. This form of anti-pop, digital remixes and mashups transformed into an entire self-sustaining, ambient, aesthetic, auditory and visual ecosystem. The teachings were either immediately understood and embraced by individuals, or utterly cast aside in a state of flustered confusion. Joey from the hit TV show Friends stars in his Ichiban Lipstick for Men Japanese commercial played on repeat, dubbed over with the distorted sounds of Winston Churchill's speeches until conclusion. Public transport. The breeding ground of all good 20th century creatives worth their name. You can read a thousand futures just by looking around at the herd. 1. The good people, dressed in black and white business attire, playing Candy Crush on their new iPhones. 2. The young traveller with a puffy beanie on their head, and a book in hand. 3. The mother with a pram and a baby, and another baby, and an aneurysm waiting to happen. 4. That one guy with some sort of an energy drink, and a weird cap that used to be fashionable in the early 2000s. Then, there are the seats. Those fateful little butt cushions which we sometimes do not sit on, just to avoid being in too close of a proximity to another human being. 
Those seats are the defiantly subtle glimpses of artistic vision aboard the many different modes of moving steel carriages. They are an occasional discussion piece of a small number of Twitter and Instagram users alike. Even going so far as to be featured in several written articles over the years, attempting to decipher the Dan Brown-esque mystery. Let me tell you right here, right goddamn now. These were vaporwave artists in their self-loathing, espresso-depresso, dopamine-seeking, fuckboy, sadboy, smoke-woke, narcissistic tendencies towards artistic expression have led them ever more into the abyss. The ones who are the most honest to their adopted list of principles are those who have given up on the digital and audio life, sacrificing themselves to society in its rawest and most physical form. A promise and a commitment to the public service sector through seat designs on buses, trains, trams, maybe other things too, I don't know, ferries? Chaotic patterns, contrasting color choices, stories of a mind unleashed, flickering visions into madness, local vibes materialized through fabric, permanent beings of absolute and optimal form, deliverers of minimal comfort, commuting vessels for the everyday people, the nine-to-five freak show, the educated, educating, and the uneducated. These noble objects of childlike wonder, raw-search tests for the free thinkers, epileptic mayhems, closed-eye hallucinations realized. I give you this gift, and I dare not take it from you. There is nothing that I would not do for a friend unknown.